Welcome to episode 136 of the Entitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Zach, and this week I'm joined by Rick. Rick. Chance. what it do? And Pat. He did the hands. <laughs> God damn it. Ahoy hoy, everyone. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews and impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows. Favorite type of jello? Shots. That's your favorite? I mean, I haven't had jello in so long. Is it still jello if it has fruit in it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it can be. I mean, it doesn't have to have fruit in it. Right. But... It gives it a little extra flavor. How many types of jello are there? Different flavors. Oh, well. Yeah. Blue. I would, say, I would say blue. I would go blue. Yeah. Blue flavored anything is the best of anything. Best jellos, blue jello. Chance, what's your favorite jello? I don't know. I prefer pudding instead of like little containers of jello. I just like the pudding. But I mean, if you're well, they have jello uh, is the brand and they have pudding. So you can you can do that. Yeah. Like I like their, you found the like loophole. their, their chocolate pudding. Um, is Oreo cream pie technically a pudding? No. I think Oreo cream pie is pie. It's pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the name of a sex act. No, I thought Oreo cream pie was, it didn't have like any crust. It was all like the filling and stuff. I think you're thinking of cookies and cream pudding. Yeah, it's basically that. Basically, right? they do like pudding on a layer, a mix of pudding and whipped cream on the second layer, and then cream on top. Did Pat say I was a sex addict? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's also a sex act. Oh, sex pie. act. Yeah, cream pie. Yeah. He's like a head out of the gutter. He's the one talking about it. 86 Zach, you're getting canceled. Get off Twitter. Oh, man. In a year, who knows if Twitter's even there. I don't even have a Twitter account. Good. So Elon's destroying Twitter. Late. You can't cancel, cancel me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is a video gaming podcast. <laughs> You're right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we'll be discussing the game awards. But first, what have you been playing? Uh, Rick, let's start with you. I've mainly been playing Pentiment, and I'll get to that in a little bit. It was updating the other day, so I got to play all the games that I downloaded that I was hoping to play. Um, so during the update, I got to play like the first about half hour of High on Life. That was fun. Yeah, I liked the introduction. Uh, it seemed like it's going to be a, a nice, fun romp. I also got to play maybe like 10 minutes of Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. And honestly, compared to the other Lego Star Wars, it definitely does have a different like feel. I know the very first um, mission is the cruiser that Leia's in in the beginning of episode four and actually has like over the shoulder, like third person shooting almost. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, a nice little mix up. Um, I did test out my copy of Witcher 3 to make sure that it was the next gen version and it is. So I walked around on the horse for a little bit and then uh, I saw Pentiment was back up and ready. So I started playing Pentiment again. Are you playing in uh performance mode which i think is the default or did you switch it over to ray tracing i switched it over to ray tracing just to just to check it out it looks fucking phenomenal but i cannot do 30 fps yeah i can so i'm doing it (laughs) i can so i decided to check it out uh but mostly been playing pentiment it is definitely a deep lore game i thought i'd have it be like beaten by now and i thought i've gotten to the end twice but every time it's like oh you beat act one and then I like a couple nights ago, I was like, okay, cool. Like big thing in the story happened. I was like, oh snap, I finally beat it. Like I stayed up late. 
just to beat it. Like, boom, an achievement pops up. You know, you just beat Act 2, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a three-act play, right? Not a five-act one. It fucking better be three acts, or I'm just going to go insane. <laughs> um, so I'm on Act 3 now, and I'm pretty sure this is the last one. So I'm, you know, back before I'd kind of, any, like, break, I'd try to talk to everybody that I could to do this right. And I'm un- starting to understand that maybe... I, I'm pretty sure I'm not doing things correctly and it's going to show me that in the end in my next playthrough, I'll definitely be able to like nail some things down. Cause it's just a bunch of different murder mysteries. Okay. So I don't think that's much of a spoiler. You know, it's you know, murder mysteries and you have to solve them and accuse somebody and you have to accuse the right person or not. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've messed it up both times. I've had to accuse people so far, but I don't know, it's just a nice developing story with, like, reoccurring characters throughout, like, I think, like, probably, like, 15 or 16 year spans, and, yeah, I'm happy to be on Act 3, I'm also excited for it to be over so I could play something else, because I remember I was going to review this game, because I was like, this isn't going to take long, and it has been consuming, and, like, sometimes it's like, I don't want to sit here and read, like, can I just power wash something, or, like, kill some ghouls, Um, so I have been taking little breaks here and there, but I do want to beat it before uh, Christmas, because that's when I'm getting God of War, and I want to play that for tuggy consideration. So, Pentiment. Oh, man, the art style's the art style's fun. The story style is definitely different. The switching between characters and all the backgrounds, like, it's, it's definitely a work of art in itself. And just the gameplay. It's all conversation, not a lot of, you know, like, no combat, but a lot of very heavy decision-making and... It's kind of been like the theme, at least a lot of games that I've beaten in 2022 have all been big story games, with big decisions. That's what I've been playing. <laughs> Sorry, I'll keep it short. I know we have a lot to talk about. Um, Chance, what have you been playing? I uh, haven't been playing much, really. Uh, I started playing Narco, and then I lost a staring contest to a stuffed animal, so I left. And I started playing something <laughs> else. I have been playing World of Warcraft Dragonflight a lot. I mean, it's an MMO. It takes you play it, and then you blink, and then you look at the time. It's like four hours later, so that's been taking up a lot of my time. Um, I'm already 370 item level, doing Mythic Pluses. I want to do the raid really bad. I'm waiting for my friend. He's moving. I'm going to help him move uh, on Sunday, so so we can all you know do the raid together and stuff like that. We're going to get a bunch of our WoW friends together and do some raiding, so you'll probably hear about that in the future podcasts. Um, and then the other game I've been playing is High on Life, um, which uh, we were provided a code. Can we say that? Provided a code? Yeah. Yeah, we were provided mm-hmm. a code um, from, what, Squanch Games? Or is that yep. something? Yeah, from Squanch Games. Awesome name, by the way. Love squanching. <laughs> also a sex act. Well... <laughs> Um, we should, I'm hoping we could do like a, like a group review or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, my list is not very long. So, um, next we'll go to, uh, Patrick, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of different things. Uh, I started Pentiment. I'm still kind of early into it. Uh, like Rick has said, it's apparently a bunch of murder mysteries. I have not gotten to the first murder mystery yet. I've been exploring the city. It was funny. It was like one section of the the beginning where it's like, okay, now wash up for dinner. And then instead I just went all over the town, <laughs> went back home. I did all this stuff. And then I finally went back and I washed up <laughs> and they're all just waiting for me for dinner. But, uh, I really like the art style. I like the, uh, the conversation. I like the way that you are picking 
your backstory. It's not just all in a menu and then you go ahead and do it. A conversation pops up and someone's like, oh, where did you study? And then you have choices where you could be like, oh, I was in Italy or I was in France or, you know, whatever. And then you pick one of them. And now that is like your trait. That's your backstory. It's one of your traits that opens up other dialogue options in the future. Um, Kind of gives you like, you know, you can pick, oh, like somebody's like, are you, uh, what what did you study in, in university? And you have all these different options and each of them give you different things. So I picked like a logician or whatever. Like I'm good at analyzing things and logic and solving puzzles and stuff like that. And then the other one I picked was like a astronomer. So it has a lot of different options and I think it's going to be a good one to like replay and pick different things and see how that changes the story and like your attributes and everything like that. So I uh, really like how it's set up. I really want to get more into it. I just need like an extended period of time where I can sit down and, and focus on it. Uh, I've also started Pokemon Scarlet. Um, I'm still very early in that as well. Um, Chance, I just got to the... Uh, after you save the Pokemon with the sandwich, the, the legendary Pokemon. Yeah. And then now he's like in your party because you talk to that one guy. He's like, he's your problem now. I'm like, you're just giving away <laughs> legendary Pokemon to like random people you've never met. <laughs> I'm just like at that part, I've just been going around the open area, catching things. Uh, I feel like you do get a lot of different type of Pokemon right off the bat. Like I've been catching a bunch of water ones. I got Psyduck. I got this like a uh, little electric rat thingy. And then there's a Pichu that I caught as well. So you do yeah. get like a, a bigger you, variety than what I remember. Yeah. If you know where to look, you can get like a dragon Pokemon like really early, like level 14 or 15 dragon Pokemon. So. All right, well, tell me where to fucking look, man. I'll, I'll tell you right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then uh, I did beat Entropy Center on Zach's recommendation. Uh, I'm not as high on it as he was last week. I like where the story was headed. I just don't think it nailed the ending. Obviously, no spoilers, but something happens at the end that I think it's like trying to lead you to a certain message. And you... I. Th- I thought you had a choice, but you don't have a choice. You just kind of have to do what you have to do. And then the cutscene happens and the game's over. So I was a little disappointed at that. Uh, it is a fun time. The puzzles are a little easy in like the first half of the game, but then they do get actually somewhat challenging. And I actually had to think probably starting at like act seven or whatever out of 15. So, you know, if you like portal, it's, it's, it's a nice game to kind of just play it ask some interesting questions, but I don't think it nails the ending at all. And then I did, obviously I've been playing more Marvel snap. I'm at collection level 1500. I think I just hit, uh, I'm waiting to get she Hulk. She just appeared on the, uh, the token shop for me. So I have her pinned, but I need now 3000 tokens. So that's going to take a while to grind through, but she is a pretty powerful card. So I can't wait to get her. Um, and then I played the Forspoken demo, which we'll talk about, probably later in the the show when we talk about the game awards so zach yeah so uh, i've been playing um like fortnite fall guys cod has their double xp weekends i've been playing that i put some time into high on life as well i love the like the intro of high on life pat you haven't played it yet right i have not started okay high the, on life the, yet. the intro the intro is amazing the intro is hilarious i think you'll really I've heard love the it. intro and the ending is like some of the best parts of the game so far the intro is the best part of the game for me for what i've played so far i've liked high on life 
I just think that I don't know. Right now, I just feel like the dialogue from the gun, the delivery, like the the first gun you get is is Morty. Um, Spoilers! Uh, God damn, it's not a spoiler. Everybody knows that at this point. I think Justin Roiland, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and his delivery for the gun is like this, almost the exact same, no matter what is said. And that that is kind of like not annoying. I don't think annoying is the right word. Yeah. But it's just, I think you can turn down the um. You can turn amount, on the frequency. The amount, yeah, how much they talk. Yeah, I think it's too I, annoying. I, I, like, like I have mine on frequency. It's not like what he's saying that's annoying. It's like the fact that the delivery is just the same for everything. The tone is exactly the same for everything. Which so now I know how Rick feels when Rick has to deal with Morty constantly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like not our Rick, Rick from the. Well, I mean our Rick too, maybe. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. Know, like, In my um, phone, so, when, Rick, when Rick calls me, I have him as Rick Sanchez, and it's a really <laughs> that's class. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think the game itself is like not bad. Yeah. I, again, I'm still kind of like early, early doors with it. So, but the intro has been, the intro was like far and away the best part, which is why it's kind of like, it starts out with like a bang and then it just doesn't really quite hit the heights yet that the intro had. So it's just kind of like, eh, I don't know, Rick, if you feel the same way, if it doesn't feel like a letdown, but like the rest of it is just like, I just want you to be as good as the intro. was. <laughs> I basically got past the intro and I was like, well, Pentiment's good now. So let's get back on Pentiment. <laughs> Right, it's like I played the intro, and it's like I don't really want to play the rest of the game. People like, are dead. He needs to go back to the murder mystery. <laughs> well, I see that like I play the intro, and I'd rather I'd always rather go back and just play the intro again, kind of right now. So, uh, do you know how long it is? I, I don't. The I thought it was a shorter. I'm not sure. I can check really quick. It doesn't seem like it would be a game that would be very long, just because it doesn't seem like it has a lot of depth. Oh yeah, I'm like four out of eight right now. And how much have you played, Chance? I've. Do you know? Def- I collected four bounties out of like what looks like there's eight but i don't know yeah it says it's that. about a 12 like how to much 13 time hour. have you put into it did you put in like a decent amount i mean i have like i have like four different guns so um i think i'm the furthest out of all of us you are I, I, probably. I have several hours um chance is like i don't measure time in hours yeah, I, I measure time in guns yeah, and bounties, guns and bounties. <laughs> yes that's how time passes for me but he measures <laughs> distance and time look i'm like 20 yeah. minutes away like <laughs> Um, yeah the the play time it says uh it's probably 12 to 13 hours to beat that okay so so you might as well just power to the end because people are like the ending is yeah yeah i mean just as good as the opening i mean i'll power through to the end but like it's gonna be really disappointing if like the middle like 95 percent of the game is like not great but the beginning and end are amazing then it's like well that just makes the game disappointing i mean yeah but it's on game pass so you didn't pay anything for it yeah yeah i'm not like i'm not complaining about like buying it or price or anything like that but it's just like you know time yeah so i also pat the last time we recorded we talked about playing immortality so then what i decided to do was immediately hop off the podcast when we were done play immortality and then beat it in that single play session I woke up the day after the podcast and I saw a text from like Zach at like 2 a.m. It's like, this game is getting weird. <laughs> and I saw a text at like 5 a.m. He's like, I think I just beat it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. So, like, uh, it was, first of all, the game was amazing. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think what made it really, it was really unique in its presentation, which I think is what I love the most about it. Uh, obviously, there's no like gameplay per se so 
but the way it was yeah, presented was really unique and something that I've never done before in a video game. And yeah, that's you're exploring cool. the story. Yeah. But all of us, if we played it, like the three of us that did play, I don't think chance you haven't played it yet. Have you? I have not. I want to play it. It's on Netflix, right? Or it on, is now on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. It's on Netflix and game pass, whichever you prefer. Um, but the three of us that have played it, I guarantee you took a different path to get to the ending, mm-hmm. but we still got to that ending and we still found the story super intriguing and enjoyable, which is a very hard feat to accomplish, I think. Yeah. And what was like really interesting was that like, I kind of went into it and because Pat didn't want to spoil anything, he didn't, and, and Rick didn't either. You guys didn't tell me anything like really about it. So I kind of went into the game knowing that, knowing like the basic premise. Okay. Something has happened to this actress, Maria Marissa Marcel, or Marissa Marcel didn't really know like kind of what to expect or how to get to the end game. It was just kind of like, Oh, Hey, here you can manipulate this footage. And then that was all that was said to you. Like you can click on things to move to other scenes. You can rewind, you can fast forward, you can take still images like basic controls of like how to manipulate this footage. And then that was it. That's all they said. And then as you manipulate the footage and do stuff, other things happen, which I won't spoil for people. I'm like, now it's starting to get good. Like now it's starting to get weird around like two in the morning when I texted you. And then I looked down like, Hey, it's three in the morning. I should probably go to bed and then put my phone (laughs) down. Then we went immediately back to playing, like having that inner dialogue. Oh, we, we both know Zach that we're not going to bed. Like my brain and myself, (laughs) we we both know this is not happening. You're staying up and you're finishing this. And then I think I did what I needed to do to complete the game, but like just kept going. And I was like, shit, wasn't expecting that, that at all. And I was like, (laughs) it's like, it's so unique. It's like five different narratives happening at one time or four different narratives happening at one time. And it's like, how did you, it's almost like a question of how did you manage to create this where you can play it non-chronologically? Everybody's experience is going to be different because there's no way we could all do it in the same order and then still have all the narratives be cohesive, all the narratives be not necessarily easy to follow, but be comprised of stuff where you can figure out the narratives kind of seamlessly and then have them all mesh together. It was really unique and it was like really excellently executed. And that's the most impressive thing is when you do something unique like that in a video game, oftentimes if you go out on a limb or whatever, you you can can really fuck it up. So to like, Totally execute it basically perfectly was awesome. Like that was an experience that like I put it up there with as as an entire experience. I put it up there with like Titanfall phase shifting level, the ashtray maze from control, like as far as like enjoyment level of what I had like just experienced because of how I felt playing it for the first time. Like I I won't ever forget the feeling of doing the ashtray maze for the first time or doing the phase shifting level from Titanfall for the first time, that entire game as an experience was like, wow, from the start mm. to the finish. And it's, it's like, obviously you said, like everyone's going to get to the point of like, holy shit, this game is like another level at a different time in their playthrough. Yeah. It's a very hard game to market. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think it gives you enough initially where you are intrigued because you're like, the acting is really good. The narrative is really good. The dialogue is really good. You kind of want to see what these people are going through. And then at some point that, that button clicks. So that light switches on and like, you're like, holy shit, this is just completely. Like, like I will say before that point happened, I was like, okay, I'm just kind of like watching these clips and it's just kind of like, you know, this is all right. This ain't bad. It's when you pass that threshold or whatever that, that trigger point is where exponentially the game just takes off mm-hmm. it, it instantly become, it goes from being just like, okay, this is like, what's okay. Occurring. Game to game of the fucking year. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm playing a game right now. And then it's just like, holy shit. And it, it, there is no, like, there's no graduality into how that occurs. Whenever you find it, it's like an instant thing because then mm. it, it totally sets off. It's, it's like the only really game I could think of where like, the game as a whole completely changes in a very quick singular moment. Everything about it changes. There's not nothing about what you're doing now is the same and it completely elevates and goes to a totally different level. Yeah. And I can't think of any other game I play where there's even like that singular moment where the entire complexity of the game completely changes. Well, there's a moment in Last of Us 2, but it's not instant where you're like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. And then it like gradually is like, okay, or, or, right. okay bravo, the, Naughty Dog. Yeah, yeah, that, that's <laughs> this is instant. Like, yeah. This is instantaneous. And this mm-hmm. isn't just affecting the narratives. Like, whereas like The Last of Us, this is like a narrative thing. That, mm-hmm. like, there's this moment now that changes the narrative. This is from like a gameplay, gameplay, quote unquote, because it's kind of how to describe it. The, the way the game is now, the way now you're playing the game instantly changes. Yeah. And then the other thing I kind of want to talk about, I know we're dragging too long into this, but it's a fucking phenomenal game. I would recommend this to someone who's not a gamer because it's very simple and it's on Netflix now too. Like you can play it with your phone on Netflix. So, I mean, I wouldn't sit down with your mother and play this game or your father or anything. This is not a family friendly or safe for work game or anything like that. Lots of babies. Oh yeah. (laughs) There are some points it's basically like a, a porno. It's just basically a glamorous porno. Like, yes, uh, and Ch- that's what I saw. Chance and Ching. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> but uh, I, I would de- definitely recommend this to someone who's not a gamer but who's a fan of like story. So, also, if you're a fan of like cinema in general, because you've got oh, yeah. like three different like time periods that they're basically emulating, and they do a, they do a fantastic job of that as well. Three distinct mm. time periods of how film is made. Yeah, no, it was really, really excellent. I loved it. I thought it was a great experience. But yeah, outside of that, really haven't haven't played anything else. Cool. Let's hop into it. We would normally do not so news, but we're not going to uh, because there's, there's so no much time, other Morty. stuff. There's no time, Morty. There's no time. So we're just gonna hop straight into our topic of show, which is the game awards. Uh, so first, we'll just kind of we'll go over the awards and then we'll go over the announcements, which is more of the bulk of the conversation. Um, so let's just talk. Which about- is funny for an award show. Right. Um, <laughs> We're going to gloss over the awards just like they did. <laughs> right. Um, so if we just kind of go over the awards, we're just going to talk about the big ones. Kind of as expected, Elden Ring uh, kind of took home a, a horde of trophies. So they had one uh, game of the year. Best game direction, best art direction, and best RPG. Um, God of War won best narrative, best score, best audio design, 
best action adventure and innovation in accessibility. Uh, so kind of the inverse of 2018 where God of War won game of the year, mm-hmm. but uh, Red Dead 2 took home most of the awards. Like right. in this in this case, Elden Ring won the big one and a couple of the other ones, but God of War won more, more. overall awards. Yeah. Um, Chris Judge won best performance. Um, and the award for the longest accept- acceptance speech in the history. I of think the that's, that, that's why they kind of shortened down all the other um, yeah. like awards because that just went on so fucking long. <laughs> and it's like they played the music, but then it just made his speech like have background music because he just kept going. <laughs> and I think Jeff Keighley's like, do we have anybody who could <laughs> bounce Chris Judge? And they're like, look at him. He's huge. Just let him talk. <laughs> um. Chris Judge won Best Performance. Uh, Stray won Best Indie and Best Debut Game. It shouldn't have won either. Are you happy, Chance? Probably. It deserved. It got what it deserved. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't match the tone of something positive. That it, got. <laughs> it got what it fucking deserved. Um, Splatoon won Best Multiplayer. That's surprising. Over Call of Duty. Over Call of Duty. This Call of Duty is like a good Call of Duty compared to the other ones. Compared to other Call of Duties that have won Best Multiplayer, which have been shit. This Call of Duty is like comparatively better. Um, Best Adaptation went to Arcane. Makes sense. And uh, most anticipated went to Tears of the Kingdom. Again, as expected. As expected. I think we're going to talk about things that are super unexpected. For me, Stray winning Best Indie, I thought was very surprising. I can't yeah. remember who the other nominees were. You had Tunic. Uh, you had uh, Neon White. Uh, Norco. Norco. And then something else. But yeah, it's it's surprising it won that. And it won Best Indie or Best Debut Game, which, again, there was a lot of other studios that I think deserve that. Oh, Cult of the Lamb was up there, too. Cult of the Lamb, yeah. Um, we kind of talked about it when we were voting last week. It is a meme game. It's a game people remember. So as these, because this isn't an actual like, it's it's a panel, yes, but it's a panel of like media outlets that are voting. So again, it's it's a lot of people that maybe haven't played any everything, and then whatever sticks was, out is what they vote for. Was Immortality eligible, or did it release after the cutoff? Immortality released in summer, so it was eligible. Okay, but it was not nominated for best indie. Uh, and it's not the debut game of that studio, so it can't be nominated for that, which I kind of want to talk to you guys about, because I, I think Immortality is going to be in our conversation. Do we consider that an indie game? Because if you think about it, they've, they've had a marketing deal with Xbox, and then they've also had a marketing deal with now Netflix, two giant corporations that like basically funded their game. So would we consider that in the running for indie game or are we just going to be considering that for game of the year? They're an independent studio, but then, then again, so is Bungie. So like, what right. is the, what, what is the cutoff? I guess, I guess it would come down to the type of resources they have. Right. Is that how we're kind of differentiating between an independent developer? I mean, because like Bungie has immense resources. Yeah. I well, I guess never mind. Bungie was bought by Sony. I completely forgot. So they're not no longer an independent developer, but uh, they were up until like a couple of months ago. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's a discussion I think we should have probably off the microphone. Um, but anyway, 
I think that might be one of the reasons Immortality wasn't nominated for Best Indie, and then uh, Stray ended up winning. But uh, did you guys see the guy who snuck up on stage during the Game of the Year? Yeah, he got arrested. (laughs) Yeah, he was like 14 or 15 years old, and he just walked up with Miyazaki and the rest of the team when they were accepting the award for Elden Ring for Game of the Year. And this is obviously the very end of the Game Awards. And... Uh, Miyazaki and his team kind of give a speech and then the music starts playing and like that's the end of the thing and then he walks up to the thing and he's like I would like to nominate this award to my reformed orthodox rabbi Bill Clinton thank you very much (laughs) everyone was just like what the fuck and there's a moment where everyone's like what and Jeff Keighley's like okay that was the game and then they like cut and then like he tweeted later like a couple of like ten minutes after that, he's like, the uh, the person who crashed the game awards has now been arrested. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that didn't even make sense. I don't even know what the fuck he was talking about. Like, <laughs> it's just someone trying to troll the game awards. I guess, but so. it just goes to show you, you walk and walk with enough confidence. To <laughs> right? <anywhere>. Seriously, <laughs> the man walked. walked how did nobody else? How did the team that won Elden Ring not? What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, so, but anyway, that, that was one of the, the crazy moments. That was one of the unexpected moments yeah, absolutely. of the Game Awards. It kind of seems odd that only a handful of awards were given on stage. But it's almost just kind of like the Game Awards is like the least awards-driven award show ever. <laughs> like It's become yeah. so much about the announcements that occur there now. Especially because now you have... Especially like, this year where it's been like so great. Yeah, and then you also have like announcements that have been like held back with a lack of E3 that they just like do at the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. So it's almost just like, okay, well, where's like the big like culmination of a bunch of people watching stuff? It's it's that it's the Game Awards. Yeah, now. and I think you can't have a direct comparison with the Oscars because. It's the Oscars have been around so long that they have that like natural audience who are like, I'm going to watch it because the it's the Oscars and it's like a, a cultural moment or, you know, pop culture moment of the year or whatever. Uh, but I haven't seen the Oscars live in God knows how long. Like I, it's very hard to get some, get you to watch just an award ceremony. Uh, and that's why I think Jeff Keighley's like, we need these announcements and that pushes the awards back, even though it's called the Game Awards. So it's kind of like, what what can you do? It's just, it's odd when you have best independent, uh, best debut game on stage, but then you don't have best indie game on stage. Best indie game was just announced. Best multiplayer game was just, all this like stuff was just announced. I think some of these big awards, you should have reserved time, but maybe Chris Judge just kind of ate that up. So <laughs> Yeah, that could very well be the case. Um, yeah, so I don't let's know if, move on to the announcements. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we kind of just like the awards show. Who who cares about the awards? It's the announcements that we're here for. So there's a there's a lot of stuff. We're gonna kind of go through not everything, but most of the stuff. Um, so we'll start with Judas. Judas! <laughs> oh my god, I was so fucking hyped for this moment because, like, I know Ghost Story Games is Kevin Le- Ken Levine's studio, but not everybody does. So I was watching uh, the Game Awards and like the logo came on. Obviously, Jeff Keighley introduced it. He's like, this is a a game from uh, 
an industry veteran who's changing the way narrative. And I'm like, okay, this is Kojima. He's just talking up his friend. This is Kojima's, you know, whatever it is. And then I saw the ghost stories logo and I fucking, I got up and I yelled, I audibly yelled. And then because not everyone knows they're like from the creator of Bioshock. I'm like, fuck yes. 10 years. They've been working on this almost 10 fucking years. And if you don't know who Ken Levine is, he's the creative director slash writer behind System Shock 2, Bioshock, and Bioshock Infinite. After they released Bioshock Infinite in uh, 2013, uh, he kind of he dissolved his studio, Rational Games, and uh, like kind of downsized to a smaller studio called Ghost Story Games. They became independent. They're kind of doing their own thing. So this is the first actual game announcement we have from this studio that has been like highly anticipated. We saw an in-engine trailer, but it did have snippets of gameplay. It looked very Bioshocky. So I think uh, a lot of the people who were talking on Twitter and Reddit after the announcement, after the game awards were saying, did he just take 10 years off to make another Bioshock? Like this seems very like the same. I thought he was going to try and do something different. Uh, and I think if you kind of like read in between the lines, I think it is very different. So, uh, obviously there's no release date or anything that was given, but they did say it's coming to PC, Xbox series X and PS five. You're able to wish list it. Now, if you do wish list it on steam, you can see the description that they have on steam. So this is the description, a disintegrating starship, a desperate escape plan. You are the mysterious and troubled Judas. Your only hope for survival is to make or break alliances with your worst enemies. Will you work together to fix what you broke? Or will you let it burn? So obviously marketing speech and everything can kind of blow stuff like that out of proportion, but, and this is going to be like a kind of a long road to get what I want to talk about. Ken Levine gave this speech at GDC in 2014 game developers conference where he talked about how to change the way we give narrative to gamers. And obviously GDC is developers talking to other developers. So during the talk, he mentioned, you know, this is ideas that I'm kind of just formulating in my brain. I want to get this out there. So other people start thinking about it and we can collaborate. This isn't an announcement for a game. You know, this isn't our plan. We're not in active development right now. We're just still thinking. And, uh, he basically talked about what he, he talks like what he considers narrative Legos. So he's like, what if there was a game, let's just take Skyrim as a template. What if there's a fantasy game like Skyrim open world, all that stuff where you are interacting with NPCs, but each of these NPCs have a passion and he's like a passion is, well, they have multiple passions, but he's like, uh, their passion meter is defined as anything that relates to the player. So like, for example, the orcs hate the elves. So if the player helps an elf, the orc is going to be like, what the fuck? Why did you help that elf? But if the player kills an elf and, you know, word propagates in the in the world and you can kind of control how word and news propagates in this world and, you know, how people hear about stuff. But he's like, if they kill an elf and that word travels to an orc, this orc happens to be a blacksmith. Now the orc's like, cool, I like you because you killed that elf here's a 5% discount on my shop. So he's like, they have these levels. They have these like three or four different micro passions that feed into this meter. And if you get somebody to a threshold, they will do something for you or 
they will do something against you if it drops below a, th- a threshold. And he's like, what if you do that on a large scale? So you have like 10 people in a village who have these meters and their meters control the other NPCs who are not like the main NPCs. So if you have like really high pat, like if you get somebody's like three out of the, the 10 people in the village, if you get their passion really high, then like 60% of the, the village also likes you because their, their meters are tied to these meters. But now you have four different villages of four different groups, each having these different passions. So once you, you play through one game, you side with the elves but against the orcs and he's like everything's a zero sum game so if you do something for someone somebody else doesn't like that you can't get everybody uh you can't have everyone like you at the same time he's like that's not possible it's not possible in the real world somebody somewhere is going to hate you for something you did even if it's something good so he's like if you have all these systems interplaying and then now you add in random events like he's like okay so now you're playing the game you're doing this stuff you have like you know you're you're 12 hours in or whatever and you have all these people at different meters different stages you've sided with some people you're siding against other people and then now what if the white walkers invade how do you navigate that problem having the people that you do have right now not knowing that that was an issue that you were working towards in the beginning so he's kind of just talking about this and I'm like, holy fuck, I want this game. Like, I know he's saying this isn't a real game. This is just an idea or whatever, but I want that game. So he's basically saying you can replay this differently and maybe the White Walkers won't invade. They only invade if you get to a certain threshold of people in a certain way. If you don't, something else will happen or, you know, something else happened. Like he's like, this game changes so much based on what you do that you are narratively like we are creating these Legos and you are taking these Legos to make your own story. So he's like, what if you take that? And that is the game. And he's like, how do you do that? He's like, I don't know yet. This is stuff I'm still having formulating in my mind. And I need a small team because I can't have 150 people that I have to pay that we have to like, you know, figure out how to pay when we're just trying to figure out the system. So he's like, I have, I need a smaller team and I need time to fail. And it looks like he's gotten that time to fail and he's made something that sounds like this narrative Legos structure where you were on this disintegrating starship. And in the trailer, Judas is like, my ship is dying and my only way to escape is with one of them. And it shows all these different like it's either humans with cybernetics in enhancements or they're actually robots. I'm not 100 percent sure, but either way, it's like. Judas has done something that has probably caused this ship to start failing. And her only way off is to try and help the people and get them on her side. And to do that, like, obviously if she helps one person, she might be not helping another, getting another person pissed off. And it's like, fix what you broke because you start the game off as like a hated person on the ship. And you have to try and get these people's trust And I know this is like a long road. I've just gone down to kind of explain that. But I think that's what this is. Like you are dealing with these people's meters to try and get them to like you to try and and different things will happen. And it's just it's going to be insane, I think. And maybe I'm overhyping it, but that's 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 what I think. What do you guys think? I I, as somebody who played all the Bioshocks um, and I own System Shock 2, I'm very, very excited about this project. We've been waiting almost 10 years. 
for Kevin Levine's next big thing and the fact that it is, I guess, a smaller team, a little bit more controlled. I'm, and also, yeah, yeah we they do are have these also options. publishing and developing this. So, yeah, they have way more control over it, I think. I think it's going to be huge. I don't know if it's going to come out like this upcoming year, but honestly, if they take their time, I don't care. Yeah. And like people have been saying, it has strong Bioshock vibes. Yes, it does, because that's what they know. They know first person shooting with abilities on the other hand. And but there's so much more to Bioshock to that. than that. It, there's 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 the story. Yeah, there's the catch. Exactly. Which you can't like honestly between can't... Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, it's kind of played. And even Bioshock Infinite, it's like yeah, there's always a man, there's always you know um, always a lighthouse. Um, but now it, like scrapping all that and just doing like something entirely new like i'm very excited because yeah yeah cool yeah first person shooter cool little story um magical powers neat but there's always been a big underlying theme that really hits hard so that's what i'm that's what i'm most excited about yeah and i think it will be like a single player story based narrative but i think it will have a lot of replayability because i think they've nailed down this narrative lego system that he was talking about 10 years ago. So I'm super excited. Uh, Chance, you've played Bioshock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I played Are you Bioshock, excited? Bioshock 2, Infinite. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like Bioshock, and yeah, I'm just, I don't know what to say. Yeah, it looks really interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Zach, have you played Bioshock at all? Uh, just the part where you get to the golden gun with the cat lady, and then... Overcame my fear and uh, never played it again after that. It's fucking amazing. Would you just kindly play this game? And (laughs) after you play it, skip two. It's you can come back to two at some other point. Go to infinite because infinite just it takes that experience of one and then elevates that on top. And one is already fucking phenomenal, but you just get so much more. I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like, it just takes it to another level. So I highly recommend you do that before Judas comes out. It's not necessarily something I would need to play, right? No, but as a gamer, like you definitely need to play these games. Right. But anyway, I know that's just a very long explanation of this. We're not going to go that in depth on every game, but. But another game we will go in depth on is Death Stranding 2. Yeah, let's dive deep into Death Stranding 2, Rick. We got a Death Stranding 2 trailer. Of course, you know, they did the standard introduction of like, oh yeah, good friend, boom. And then we uh, got a CG trailer focusing on Fragile, played by Leah Sudu. And then Troy Baker provided guitar and vocals for the trailer theme song, which was uh, BB's theme from the first game. And it definitely looks like uh, Troy Baker's character is back, which is awesome. Um, There's a little... I guess a little like thing I noticed at the end of Death, Death Stranding, like right before I gave the game back to Pat, <clears throat> where like I got a like a letter from his character, like in the game, and he was like, "Ha ha ha!" Like a package you delivered to this guy was actually me. Ha ha! Come find me. And I'm like, "Shit! I I need to do that, but I also should give this game back to Pat because I think I was had I had to play something else. So I always wanted to do that and explore that part. Um, so I'm excited that he's back. Uh, in the trailer, Fragile is playing with BB. Um, who of course is now is like a, a toddler, um, but is then attacked, tries to escape on a weird little bicycle, futuristic unicycle bicycle thing, uh, gets shot, and it looks like BB dies, but spawns right <clears> back <throat> into the pod from the first game. 
So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand it. Yeah. So I'm sure there's some explanation, or even if there isn't, it's fine. <laughs> so Fragile's crying on a ship in the next scene. Actually, I thought it looked kind of almost like one of those uh, little safety stations. Could be. They're they're near water, so I assume ship, but who knows? Could be the beach. But she's crying, probably thinking about the dead BB. We see an older Sam Porter Bridges. He's told by Fragile, it's time for you to start a new journey. So it sounds like you are playing as uh, Sam Porter Bridges again. Yeah, I'd have no doubt. Um, Norman Reedus, Lisa Du, Elle Fanning, Shioli Kasuna, and Troy Baker are confirmed to be in the game. So I'm assuming Margaret Qualley uh, is out. She's in the other game, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other Kojima projects. It's again using the uh, what, yeah Decima engine, which is PS5 only for now. Um, Kojima mentioned that he rewrote the entire story uh, during the pandemic and has a lot of hidden stuff in the trailer. Um, he did not say we are already playing this one, which is great. Um, he did say that he did rewrite some things uh, in case he was predicting the future again, considering he has a, a history of kind of predicting the future with his games, with the original Death Stranding, a bunch of people in isolation and a delivery guy delivering them all packages. Yeah, you did that in 2019. So 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, hopefully the gameplay is a little different instead of just yeah. you being an Amazon guy. Because there's a lot of that and like, oh, packages. I thought some of the elements of the game were actually very intriguing and really like a lot of fun. But all in all, it was a package delivery simulator where you sometimes yeah, had If they truck. take that out and focus on the actual, because there's parts in... Death Stranding in the later half, where it's like you are sneaking around, you are fighting people, you are th throwing balloons of piss and blood at people. Yes, that's an actual mechanic in the game. Um, but like the action side of it was actually fun. It's just that it was very few and far between. So if they just focus on just that action thing, make it more like Metal Gear, I think I might play the sequel, but I don't know. Yeah, like an open, just open world Metal level. Gear with like a larger map. I just remember like one of the, like it was kind of frustrated, frustrating, but also fun part in the game was like you had, like at the towards the end, you have to get from one side of the map to the other, and I don't think you could drive anything. You can if you've built stuff. Okay, but I just remember over like, the course of the game, it was just kind of rough, and, but it it added some elements that's like not just. I'm carrying packages. I'm carrying packages. It was, it was actually action packed and fun. Of course, it came with the standard Kojima weird dialogue and kind of anticlimactic uh, boss battle. But you know, it's like you're Mario and I'm Princess Beach. <laughs> that and I'm pretty sure um, I don't want to spoil anything. But the final battle is basically you beating somebody with a briefcase as much as you can. So that happened. It kind of reminded me of the end of Metal Gear Solid 4, where it's just a fist fight. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. I get it. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about Death Stranding 2. I'm excited about it, but I also, like, if it's PS5 only, I'll wait. I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm sure it'll come to PC like the other one. Um... All right, and apparently there's a Star Wars game. What else? Um... <laughs> what else? So, yeah, so we, we will talk about this. We're not just going to gloss over this. We are getting the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. 
we got a new trailer, which included some some snippets of gameplay. So we see, uh, again, the man in cryo who's missing his right arm from the reveal, who has a voiceover. The order is gone. I was betrayed by the one I trusted most. I will not be imprisoned again. And uh, maybe uh, Cal frees this guy uh, for, just for him to turn into the main antagonist. You know, the classic, oh, I helped the villain. By like in the very first act, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we see uh, uh, older Calcastus. This takes place five years after the events of Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, so Cal has gotten stronger. Uh, there's um, as as a as a Jedi, he's now a Jedi Knight, I'm a much stronger Jedi Knight. But obviously, the Order, the Empire, they they get stronger as well. We see new planets, new flora and fauna. We see new Force powers. We see Cal riding an ostrich-looking animal. And then he also is flying a giant bird, uh, as you would use as like a parachute or something in another game, but you're just using an animal in this instance. Um, there's uh, dual-wielding lightsabers, uh, which you didn't necessarily have in Fallen Order. It was Order. just a you special had... attack. Like, at yeah, one point, he would break split... apart his lightsaber. And split it in two, but you did have dual blades as a lightsaber, like a Darth Maul-style blade. It sounds like it's like a fighting style as opposed to just like a special attack. Yeah, right. This game is set to release March 17th, 2023. Uh, so first quarter next year. Uh, so I liked I liked Fallen Order. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm happy for the sequel. They didn't really give too much narratively of what's occurring as opposed to just there's this man in the cryo. Uh, so God, I guess, what do you guys think? I know we talked about how Cal may not have been, like, the best character from the previous game. Are we hoping for more of a driven narrative for him? Uh, kind of, what are we expecting? Is this going to be one of those things where the antagonist, again, is more of the one driving the story forward? Yeah, I, I talked about this during the reveal trailer. I was hoping that the sequel would be a different protagonist besides Cal. Not that Cal is, like terrible or anything he just seemed very one-dimensional in the uh, first game and i think we did get through like a satisfying journey with him so i wouldn't have minded having a new protagonist or you know somebody different but it's fine that they're continuing to work with him they're continuing to develop that story uh we got a new antagonist we got i'm glad they're not like depowering him and having you earn these powers again I think they've confirmed that everything you got in the first game will like come over to this game. And now you are going to be getting new powers over the course of the game, as opposed to like re-earning the powers you already had. So that's good. O over the course of the trailer, we did see like him uh, sliding down like a, uh, uh, a big like thing with like his lightsaber, like breaking his fall. So there's going to be probably more verticality to these levels. There's also a grapple hook that he has. Obviously, Zach talked about, you know, riding the the ostrich looking bird and then the uh, the parachute bird thing or whatever. So hopefully a little bit more verticality, a little bit more like diversity in terms of the environments. Um, I think we did have diversity in terms of like the visual nature of it, but the the environments did have the same like overall like layout kind of so. Um, a couple of things I just hope they just fix like quality of life. So the map was kind of annoying where you couldn't really tell like, you know, am I here or am I here and like all that stuff. So hopefully that gets a little bit better. And then uh, uh, a little bit more visual changes. Like you had a poncho 
mm-hmm. and then you had like different colored like I don't know tops or whatever. So hopefully, like half that ponchos. The, the ponchos yeah. didn't even really look good either. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, I think I just stuck with like the the no poncho normal yeah. look or whatever. But uh, hopefully, they have a little bit more terms in a little bit more in the terms of like customization for your like look, and then obviously just ramp up that lightsaber customization that they had in the first one because I did enjoy that a lot. So then they show like a Kylo Ren style lightsaber. Yeah, the cross guard one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, March is soon. Like yeah. we're like three months away yeah, from this just game. Blink. Which is, just blink. It'll be April. It's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, Rick, are you not not impressed? It's not that I'm not impressed. It's just, I, don't, I, I can't. I thought he was just going to leave. I thought it was the end of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I care. I'm just not, like, that excited. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to see, like, how the reviews. I'm going to see how you guys like it. But first one was fun. I didn't think it was, like, game of the you know, year, you know, territory. I could see how it would have the potential to be. I think I even mentioned this when we were talking about it years ago. Um, how, like, I'm pretty sure the sequel is going to be better. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly because, you know, like, it's like, okay, cool, you're on this planet. And then you go to another planet, then got to go back to that first planet because now you, like, have a power that unlocks new stuff. It's like, okay, cool, I guess I get it. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm apprehensive. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I'm treading lightly because they, they it could be awesome. They could mess it up. And there's a lot of stuff coming out next year, so it's like, yeah, you can't be super hyped for everything. But. Hey, maybe you wait six months and this ends up on uh, the EA Vault, which is now part of Game Pass Ultimate. So, yeah, yeah, be. Chance, did you want to talk about uh, the Cyberpunk DLC? Yes, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Phantom Liberty. Um, is Cyberpunk's twenty seventy sevens paid DLC? Well, it's, it's paid DLC, right? One and only DLC. It's their, like, expansion, yeah. Yes, it's, unfortunately, their only expansion. Um, probably because they're working on a new Cyberpunk. But um, this Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty, is has confirmed Idris Alba to be uh, playing Solomon Reed. Apparently the only person the players can trust to help them fulfill an impossible mission of espionage and survival. Also, no date for the expansion. But I am excited. Obviously, Idris Alba, really good actor. They have Keanu Reeves returning like in a substantial role. So I'm excited to go back to cyberpunk. Um, Chance, I know you and Zach had recently gone back to it. Yeah. I have a hundred hours. I am super hype and um, I can't wait to see more of this game. It's kind of having had, have had a revival due to an anime that came out by studio trigger. And then they release this trailer for the expansion. And yeah, that's amazing. I'm excited. I'm getting it. Nice. Um, yep. Next up is Hades 2. Uh, so we got a new trailer for this. At the beginning, they're kind of like, you know, is this a sequel? Is this a new IP? What's going on? It turns out you are a new protagonist, which I assume is another daughter of Hades. Uh, it is the first time Supergiant is doing a direct sequel. Uh, the game will be releasing in early access in 2023. And it still looks like it's a roguelite with similar gameplay. You're just a new character with new powers, and you are killing Kronos this time. So, what did you guys all think of this? Uh, I'm very hyped about this. This was 
basically between like mm-hmm. this and then uh, Judas were announced like back to back. Yeah, which was because cr- after this finished, he's like, it's just getting started. And I'm like, come on, Jeff Keighley, don't overhype yourself. And he did not. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was pretty excited. Yeah, I'm I'm very pumped. I, you know, the gameplay, everything looks very, very similar to Hades. I'm excited about new level designs, new enemies, uh, new uh, weapons and powers. Like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But if we can kind of approach yeah. it a different way, and I'm really excited to see how, like, Kronos is the enemy and see how that has an impact on the roguelite. Kind of like, oh, crap, you got to go back in time and see if... Know, I'm just excited to see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it makes me want to go back and beat Hades 1 because I still haven't, so... But moving on, we got Armored Core 6. Oh, yeah, Armored Core 6. Fires, Fires of, of Rubicon. Rubicon. Yeah. I've uh, played Armored Core before. Have you? I have not. So I, I played Armored Core 3. Make you feel? I played Armored Core 4, and I think I played another one for answer, I think. I played a couple of them. but This was back on um, PS3 or PS2? This is, this is 2012, 20, uh, 2008. Oh, really? So, like, around... 360 or around that time armor core four and armor core four answer yeah armor core five too yeah what a backpedal yeah. i did not play armor so, core. Yeah, I... I played front mission apologies uh, <laughs> okay. kind of similar it's still a mech game but um yeah like uh oh wow okay um yeah so armored core uh six fires of rubicon a, a cg trailer was shown with a 2023 release date yeah, for for the record, I don't think this game is making twenty twenty three. But uh, Miyazaki states that um, they have not been making a conscious effort to try to direct Armor Core Six towards more Soulsborne type gameplay. Um, what what do you think that means? Like, so I think they're he said they're trying to keep Armored Core its own thing. They're not going to try and make it a Soulsborne game. Even though that's worked for them, uh, they want to kind of stay true to the franchise roots. So uh, d- you, you enjoyed the previous Armored Cores, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. I mean, essentially, you have a mech or kind of, you know, you're like a rookie or your mech is just basic. And then as you play through the missions and you get rewards, you can then upgrade your mech and you can essentially, in a way, kind of like Dark Souls and stuff, you can like build your mech different ways. You can be... You can be like an immobile powerhouse. You can be like super fast, like melee. You and then you know the armor core that I remember that there was actually like a a ranking system to where like you'll be ranked and you fight someone higher ranking than you and you move up the rankings. And after you do, like the mechs that you fight, the AI mechs are like more powerful and powerful until you can reach number one. Um, I forget which armor core that was. It may have been armor core four. Yeah, um, so they're but, uh, Miyazaki's basically saying like like those past games, this one is also yeah. going to be a third person action game, heavily focusing on customizing the mech, obviously picking different weapons, you know, generators, leg types, stuff like that will allow for different boosts and kind of cater to your game style. So kind of like the armor sets and stuff in Elden Ring. Yeah. Um he did say it's gonna be mission based and not open world. But it will have like boss battles, like Chance was talking about, like the different yeah. AIs and stuff like that. Um, he did. Uh, they they did ask him about like uh, the 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 main action of playing, and he's like, Armored Core is generally about guns and ordnance and missiles, and so and so we want to cater to this aspect this time as well. 
Of course, we have various weapons for various ranges and various encounters, both in two hands and on the back, as well as four missiles and cannons and things like that. But we wanted to put an emphasis on melee as well, so if players are inclined, we do now have nice melee options if you want to drive dive in there and get close quarters combat. So it's not strictly going to be guns and ordinances and stuff like that. They are going to be focusing on melee. So you'll probably have like mech swords and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that's like the beauty about armor core is you can be a super tanky firepower person. You know, you can be, you know, kind of like, you know, high risk, high reward, you know, super light, but really fast and be super mobile that's the thing. You can play however you like, and um, to see that armor core is going to be another game, and um, looks like it's getting a lot of attention, and um, I have a lot of hopes for it. I'm looking forward to it. I think I might get this on uh, PlayStation when it comes out. Yeah. So the thing that would be interesting is like, is the the level design of FromSoft what is giving them all these like game of the year and like critical acclaim, or is it like the Soulsborne genre? So this they're saying is basically not a Soulsborne Soulsborne game in terms of you're not constantly, you know, batting your head against the, the, the wall trying to beat this uh random boss and you know dying repeatedly over and over again. Um if that's not the, the type of genre this game is, is it the level design and like the the character design and stuff like that that is gonna end up being critically acclaimed for them or is this one maybe yeah. not going to be as critically successful? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if for this game, I feel like to do a lot better than past armored cores. I feel like they should focus a little bit more on maybe like a good story. Um, because I feel like armor core is more about the gameplay than the story. And if like, maybe they have, there's a good, they add some really good lore and story to the, whatever you're they doing. They get a George R. Um, R. Martin to come write about a mech. <laughs> yeah. George R. R. Martin do some, some futuristic mech, um, <laughs> gameplay then yeah then then armor core can do really well but this is a game i played a long time ago i'm excited to yeah play it again uh next up we got a trailer for final fantasy 16 and uh, we do finally have a release date of january 22nd 2023 uh the trailer kind of showcased some summons chance i know you're excited about this uh this is another playstation 5 exclusive uh yeah did this do anything to change your excitement or are you still like the same level of hype yeah i mean I play a lot of Final Fantasy games. I mean, I'm not like a super hardcore Final Fantasy player, I guess, but I I just love Final Fantasy. And um yeah, I showed a lot of the summons that are um, you know, in the MMORPG and stuff like that. I I kind of, kind of like medieval themed, you know what I mean? Like in the other Final what Final Fantasy uh 15, it was more like modern. I think like but this one's more like medieval. Yeah, it, so seems, it seems like, like they're really taking a lot of like notes from Game of Thrones with like different characters and alliances and stuff yeah, like that. Like a lot of intrigue and it seems like the game could be like really epic. It's just what kind of pulls me out is like the character names. Cause they're like, get Joshua out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and it just seems out of place in like this medieval <laughs> setting. So, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty hyped and, uh, um, yeah, pretty good game to draft. Maybe Zach. Oh yeah, <laughs> this not so subtle manipulation. <laughs> uh, Zach, are you at all interested in Final Fantasy? No, I've never played any of them. Well, this is a brand new story and characters because everyone is different. Oh so. well, 
Yeah, like Joshua, you you want to learn about more about Joshua? <laughs> you don't you don't like Joshua, man? Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rick. Okay. <laughs> I've Let's do anything. I haven't played a new Final Fantasy since twelve, so and also it's PS5 exclusive, so no, not really. You didn't play fifteen when it was on Game Pass? Nope. Hmm. I'd play twelve again. Moving 12 on to great. Diablo four. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Go play 12. <laughs> Fuck 16. <laughs> <laughs> Diablo 4, we got a CG trailer, which really looked cool, but then obviously the gameplay is not going to look anything like that. <laughs> and we got a trailer uh, We got a trailer and a release date for uh, June 6th, 2023, which uh, June 6th is also the day uh, Microsoft buying Activision is supposed to close. But obviously, with the uh, the FTC suing Microsoft over the acquisition, that might not be the date it closes. So uh, interesting, nonetheless. Chance, you're like the Diablo player here. Did this? Do <laughs> I'm the Diablo player. Um, I don't know. After Diablo Immortal, how it's um, essentially a pay to win game. That's they got to win your trust back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this game's gonna be like multiplayer and. I don't know. I mean, oh, by the way, they actually recently just had a live stream and they talked about the collector's edition. $100 doesn't come with the base game. Uh, <laughs> you just get a bunch of collectibles. So you spend all that money just to get statues and trinkets and stuff and you don't even get the game. So now you have to spend $160-$70 Unless the game's buy... on Game Pass. I don't know. Well, they, they should have mentioned that. <laughs> Everyone was making fun of them saying like, you're going to spend all this money for the collector's edition and not even get the game? Like, what the hell? That makes no sense. But that would make sense because um, you get the game for free. But uh, they haven't said anything on that. So as of right now, people just think they're money-hungry bastards. But Well, I mean, it is um, Activision, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, I mean, the story, I mean, it seems like everyone's really excited for the story, all the classes and stuff, and the maps are going to be huge, and there's going to be, like, multiplayer, so, like, people, you know, people you can play with other people and i mean it almost it almost be kind of like diablo it pretty much it's gonna feel like it's gonna be diablo immortal but like more of a console pc version than like a mobile version problem is is it gonna be pay to win like the the mobile game and if it is then it's not gonna be very well received we will see in june that we will see uh next up we got a trailer for street fighter 6 we got a confirmed release date of june 2nd 2023 uh june is starting to look really busy now so yeah. <laughs> Next up, we got a new trailer, a new CG trailer for uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. This trailer focuses on Batman, and it's how Kevin Conroy's last performance voicing Batman. He did finish his performance for this game. He will be in this game. And it kind of finished with, like, uh, you know, Bat I am Batman, I am the Knight, I am Vengeance, all that stuff. And then it cuts to, like, thank you, Kevin. Uh, they didn't have the release date in this, like, little cg trailer or whatever and then jeff Keeley came back on the mic and he's like yeah that game will be coming out may 26 2023 so it's kind of weird they didn't have that in the trailer but jeff Keeley confirmed it for may so hopefully he was right <laughs> in doing so <laughs> they're like oh shit dude like what the fuck you didn't have a release date like now we have to get it done hopefully he was meant to do that and he didn't just like release yeah. the date <laughs> like we got a new clip for the mario movie Let's go. Yeah. This guy's brother is going to die imminently. <laughs> this trailer was amazing. Everything that like. It's isn't... not even a trailer. It's just a clip. It's just a clip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everything. Everything that isn't 
Chris Pratt talking as Mario is amazing. And he will single-handedly ruin this film. I don't know about ruin it, but, it, you know, he's going to bring it down. Okay. He will bring it down, and that's really disappointing because everyone else is great. Every other thing that I've seen and or heard has been amazing. Uh, but yes, this guy's brother is going to die imminently while Toad is trying to get Clear Mario <laughs> through a very packed uh, mushroom city. Is hilarious. Uh, there's mu- the the musical cues, the musical cues the, in the like score. In the two minutes they went through like eight different musical cues from games. From games that are each Mario. one of them giving you nostalgia. Like, yeah, it was, it was really accurate, really well done. I hope it's not one of those things where they're just showing us all the funny stuff that happens like in the trailer and the movie's just not great. But I, I get I get more and more excited for it every time I see see a trailer or a clip or anything like that for it. So so I'm excited for it. Okay, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, Burning Shores DLC was announced. Uh, we got a CG trailer where we saw the Hollywood sign get destroyed. It releases on April 19th of 2023. It's going to be exclusive to PS5, um, which is kind of weird because the base game itself ran on PS4, or ran fine on PS4. So for it to be just yeah. strictly PS5, yeah, it is what it is. I reviewed this game back in February and I still keep forgetting it ever came out this year. So this does not do much for me. I I think May and you know April or whatever April nineteenth. Um, it's going to be a busy time. I'm not going to get to this. Brian up the big one. Next we have capture the rag. The big one. The rag two. Crash team rumble. No, it's which is amazing because for Crash. all for all the bullshit that Pat gave about a game being called capture the rag instead of Crash Team Racing. Little did he know he missed out on possibly pitching an idea that was worth millions. This is not going to be worth millions. You're capturing the rag. Crash Team Rumble is basically capture the flag with Wampa Fruit. So fuck you. That's karma for that. Um, Okay. Do you think the Crash audience wants a 4v4 multiplayer game? I I don't know. They do now. Exactly. (laughs) I didn't know I needed this until I saw it. Uh, no, the Crash audience <laughs> is a bunch of old nostalgic gamers, and they don't oh want to play God. multiplayer. I'm younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> You're basically old. Um, so Crash Team Rumble, yes, it's four v four. Basically, capture the flag with Crash, Coco, Cortex. You know the Crash characters. You're competing to capture the most Wampa fruit. Basically, it. That's all they said with the typical Crash video game mechanics. It releases in 2023, but they just showed a trailer. Uh, we didn't really get to see gameplay. It was a reveal trailer. Um, Earthblade. Uh, we got a reveal trailer from Extremely Okay Games. These are the creators of Celeste. Uh, this game releases in 2024. It's a 2D. They describe it as a quote, explore action game. So exploration and action, respectively. Um, Seems yeah. more Metroidvania than Celeste. Celeste was just pure platforming. Also, twenty. This this confirmed for 2024. So is this the furthest out we have a confirmed? release window maybe i believe so Possibly. yes uh next up we got bayonetta origins Ceresa and the lost demon this was kind of like out of nowhere and then i went on reddit and people were like they were teasing this in bayonetta i'm like okay i just didn't play bayonetta so i had no idea it's releasing on switch on march 17th 2023 uh you're basically playing as a younger version of bayonetta and kind of figuring out how this demon took over her mother or i don't know what the story of bayonetta is but yeah Another Bayonetta prequel for you guys who like Bayonetta. Uh, Hellboy, the web of weird was like just brought out of nowhere. It's uh, we got the reveal trailer. It is a roguelite action game. 
uh, releasing on everything. And they kind of showed gameplay. They showed, they started with a CG trailer kind of has that like uh borderlandsy uh what's what's the word i keep forgetting cell shaded cell shaded uh <laughs> cell shaded art style and uh it kind of zooms in on the gameplay and it kind of like is like a fighting game where you're just like punching this uh werewolf thing or whatever so i'm excited it looked pretty good it got my attention uh i will definitely be keeping an eye out for that uh crime boss rock hey city uh stealth action First person shooter where players try to become leaders of the criminal underworld in the fictional version of 90s Florida. If that all sounds very generic, it is because the actual hook for this game is its star studded cast, which includes Michael Madsen, Chuck Norris, Danny Glover, Kim Basinger, Danny Trejo, and Vanilla Ice. There's also the guy who plays uh, in Guardians, Michael Rucker. Michael Rucker is also in this one. A lot of cast. Uh, I think they just went to a like talent agency and they're like, who can you get us? And they're like, oh, we got these these people. I want all of them. <laughs> wait, wait. Who can you get us cheap? And they're like, okay, cool. We have all these people. <laughs> <laughs> all these washed up people that are like, what is a video game? <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to call you uh, washed up Chuck Norris. Please don't come kill me. No, Chuck Norris, you be washed up. Danny well, Trejo, any of these people not. could come and kill you. Danny Trejo could come and kill you. <laughs> Kim Kim Basinger comes. Honestly, if if, if all these people were coming after you and you had one, you had to pick one to save you. I'd pick Danny Trejo. Oh yeah, Danny Trejo could single handedly kill all of these people. Anyway, anyway, next up we have Lords of the Fallen, which is a sequel to Lord of the Fallen. Or no, it's Lords of the Fallen. This one just adds a the, right? It's something weird like that. First gameplay trailer, it's a Souls-like. It has very Elden Ring vibes. In fact, when they started showing this trailer, I was like, is this the Elden Ring DLC? Because even in the voiceover, they mentioned Grace, which is obviously a big thing in Elden Ring. So that's where my mind was. But it seemed pretty cool. Um, a lot of different like creature design and stuff like that, just like Elden Ring. Uh, it seems to have like a dual reality mechanic where the lantern kind of like reveals a decrepit world on top of this current one. So maybe like when you're fighting certain bosses, you need to have the lantern out and you kind of have to like juggle that. Uh, it's a reboot of 2016's Lords of the Fallen and takes place a thousand years after that game. Um, they didn't have a, a release window or anything, but you are able to wish list it now. Uh, kind of just running through some of these other uh, announcements. So The Last of Us Part 1 is coming to PC on March Hooray. 3rd. Returnal is coming to PC in early 2023. Uh, for spoken demo is now available on PSN. I played it. I was not on, not impressed. So, uh, Baldur's Gate three got a release window of August twenty twenty three, and we saw a uh, a spider centaur, and I'm just like, nope, nope. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Transformers Reactive, uh, developed by Splash Damage, uh, online action game coming to PC and consoles. They showed us a CG trailer. I had no idea it was a Transformers game because nothing that they showed gave me transformers vibes until they said transformers and i'm like okay <laughs> and then uh banishers ghosts of new eden so this is a game published by focus home Inter entertainment and uh developed by don't nod so it is a action rpg starring a pair of ghost hunters we get a, a brief get glimpse of gameplay at the end of this trailer uh it seems like your ghost companion kind of like you know, gives you information. And then if you go into battle, she'll come and help you. But we saw a CG trailer at the beginning. Uh, two people were sitting at a table. Another person's cooking and talking like, Hey, what do you do? And then it cuts to like 
them fighting monsters and stuff like that and ghosts. And she's like, oh, you you fight ghosts, right? And at that point of the trailer, I'm like, okay, she's only talking to one of these people. One of this one of these people are is a ghost. I just don't know who yet. And then it turns out to be the the woman, and she like basically sits down. The woman disappears, and the other lady sits down and continues talking to them. It takes place in 1695 in North America. It's coming to PS5, Xbox Series consoles, and PC at the end of 2023. Don't not really known for the action RPG genre, but they have had a couple of games in that genre with Vampire and uh, Remember Me. So if they can take that level of story and choices from those games... But add in like good, fun, compelling gameplay. I think they have a hit on their hands. What do you guys think? I, I'm my, I'm I'm interested. I don't do the spooky, scary of ghosts and such. Go to the chat. Uh, Immortals of Av- Avium. Is that how you say that? I think so. That are Avium. Immortals of Avium, developed by Ascendant Studios. It's a single-player magic shooter. Uh, it's an EA original, so it's like the program where EA funds the game, but then they don't take any profit from it. Coming from the devs who have previously worked on Dead Space, Halo, and Bioshock, uh, this was a very generic game-looking thing. They didn't even show any gameplay. Uh, The dialogue was also very generic. I'm a protector and champion of this realm. I'm like, okay, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, And like, they had a bunch of like nonsense words and stuff like that. This didn't do anything to stand out, in my opinion. Yeah, even just watching this trailer, I was like, man, I really wish this wasn't live so I could fast forward. <laughs> yeah, that w- that was definitely the time to take a, a bathroom break. There was a new trailer for Replaced. It's a retro futuristic platformer taking place in a dark alternate na- 1980s in America. We've seen this a couple of times. It is coming to Game Pass uh, when it releases. We didn't get a date or anything, but it looks pretty cool. Uh, and then just a lot of announcements kind of just going through them really quick. So dead cells return to Castlevania had DLC, uh, Dune awakening gave us an in engine trailer. Destiny lightfall showed off some gameplay. I think that's coming out February, uh, among us got a new mode, uh, called hide and seek and they showed a trailer for that. And they actually had, uh, the people from the glass onion come in like, you know, they're in the game or something like that. Uh, so that's a fun little collaboration there uh and then we saw some gameplay for horizon call of the mountain uh i really hope that game doesn't make me throw up so i think it was really odd that xbox didn't show anything they kind of set expectations that they would because 2019 they revealed the series x and hellblade 2 2020 they revealed uh what are they 2020 was uh Perfect Dark, and then 2021 was the Hellblade. They showed us gameplay for Hellblade Two. So this year, I was expecting a vowed or at least like a release date for Hellblade, something major because it's a pattern. They've done it three times, and now they were just very. They didn't show anything. Like there's nothing Xbox related. There's a commercial for Game Pass, um, but nothing else. So. I was pretty disappointed. Um, it seems weird if they have all this stuff coming out early 2023 that they haven't put a date on any of it. Um, Aaron Greenberg on Twitter after the the show came out and said basically like, hey, we have stuff to show soon. Stay tuned. Be patient. Tell us that beforehand. If you know you don't have anything, 
just say like, Hey, we're not going to have a presence at the game awards. Cause we were expecting it because you've done it for the past three years. So I think that was some marketing like misstep on their hands. Um, hopefully they do have like a state of, or not like a state of play. What are they? They're, they're inside Xboxes is what they call them. Right. Yeah. Hopefully they have that or like, a. You know, maybe they start a new marketing term and it's like state of Xbox or something. They just want to steal what Sony <laughs> does. But they got to be talking about some of these games that are supposed to be coming out early 2023 very soon. So at least Redfall, like we've seen less of Redfall than we have of Starfield and Redfall supposed to come out earlier. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting something. I was disappointed. There was nothing but the show overall. I think was the best Jeff Keighley produced show we've had like the, the caliber of announcements. Like there was like three or four moments where I'm like, Holy fuck. He just, ha- he got that. Like, you know, Judas Hades too. Uh, Basically those two, like for me, I was like, they were in the same block and I was like, yeah. I know you mentioned like, how can he top this? And honestly, I don't think they really did. I was like, wow, that was a, that was a good show. Diablo and then if you talk if like I know some people really liked Armored Core and that's just from software so there's that uh Dark Souls or not Dark Souls 2 uh Death Stranding 2 um yeah Idris Alba was a big announcement Jedi Survivor gameplay so there's a lot of hype moments I think and you know just overall there's a, there's a a lot more stuff in this show that I was super hyped about than uh you know summer games fest this year or even i don't even remember what he had at uh gamescon oh was, that was just uh last of us part one and that leaked mm-hmm. so now next year he has to top this somehow and <laughs> i don't know how he will but yeah overall good show you guys think anything differently or no i thought it was good crashed and rumble the highlight of the show what can we say there's nothing more to say <laughs> my god wow Chance is happy that Stray won, so. Yep. It got what it fucking deserved. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Here's with any questions, comments, or concerns, or tell us what you thought about the Game Awards at theuntitledgamingpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. We're on Twitter uh, at TugPod, on Instagram at P-U-G- P-U-G- T-U-G underscore P-O-D on Reddit at r slash TugPod and on Facebook at the Untitled Gaming Podcast and also check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash TugPod we also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews, five star reviews for us one star review for every other All right, we all ready for this? <laughs> Y'all ready for this? What do you mean? Why? <laughs> Welcome to episode one. <laughs> <God damn> <laughs> I'm sorry. I compose myself. Played the actual song in my head, except you're the one singing for this. <laughs> <laughs>